0: Reconciliation, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island peoples today. Welcome to Totally Lit, the podcast celebrating reading, writing and creating literature. I'm your host Kai Garvey, thank you for listening. Today I've got the amazing Garth Jones with me to chat. Uh, Garth is a writer from Broken Hill, New South Wales, Australia, Mad Max country. His first job was designing ads for phone sex lines. He did time as a resident atheist provocateur at a church newspaper and drew comics for David Lee Roth just out of uni. The manuscript for Garth's first novel, Homebrewed Vampire Bullets, Volume 1, has been shortlisted for a variety of prizes. Realising the project would give the pearl-clutching Auslitz scene the vapours, Garth set up his own imprint, indie record label style, and got cracking on spreading the mongrel punk gospel. Past the Ammon, Garth's Auslitz, Ozploitation segment appears regularly on comedian Justin Hamilton's podcast Big Squid. Garth currently lives with his partner and their kid on the lands of Turbo and Jagera people. Homebrewed Vampire Bullets Volume 1 is an occult rock and roll black comedy that cruises the outback highways dive-pub toilets and scabby upper echelons of society in the Republic of Australia. It's a lo-fi, mongrel-punk, osploitation, tale in the key of Howling 3, Dogs in Space and Wake in Fright. I hope you enjoy our chat. Garth Jones, welcome to Totally Lit. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I feel like I am not cool enough to interview you.
1: (laughs) That's probably not the case at all.
0: (laughs) I've been Googling you all morning and going, oh, wow, this is amazing. Um,
1: What did you find?
0: (laughs) I I found um, home-brewed vampire bullets. Um, So this looks pretty cool. Like um, it's a story based in Brisbane and you've got a bit of a multimedia kind of thing happening with it. Do you want to tell me more about it?
1: Yeah, sure. Um... Yeah, this project, I guess, has been germinating for five or six years. Uh, It started out as a short story submission for a zombie anthology in the States. So, yeah, this was like a sort of probably 5,000-word piece that I realised as soon as I submitted it, no one in the United States would actually understand any of the language whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, so yeah we sort of cut to 18 months later and we found out we were gonna have a daughter and I thought probably time to stop wasting time and actually write a novel and that was uh, where we yeah where I kicked off basically we found out my partner was pregnant and I gave myself a nine-month deadline to write this and after that it's been shopped around it's been listed for a bunch of things but it's a little bit too naughty I think for most publishers, so ah. I've, just, <laughs> I've decided to do it myself. Yeah.
0: So you've you've developed your own imprint to publish this. Do you want to tell me about that process? What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, I I came up through advertising and graphic design, so I've sort of been around the the coal face, I guess, of like pr- producing print printed matter for a fair, fair while now, and. When I decided to actually do this, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty straightforward to sort of put together like a, uh, you know, get the branding together, thanks to Queensland Writers Centre too, for doing their printable um, workshop, which definitely pushed things in the right direction. And yeah, over the last 18 months or so, just testing the waters and seeing how publishing works in a digital fashion these days. You know, you can do print on demand. Uh, your overheads aren't huge, so you can sort of get moving pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, it does help to have uh, graphic design skills and marketing skills and things like that ready to go as well, uh, and to be able to make video and do all those other bits of content that you know people expect to see when it comes to a new product.
0: And when you were initially submitting, were you were you getting the message that the work was a bit too out there, or was it just a, a thank you without really uh, delving I, into the the reasons why?
1: I did a few uh, face-to-face pictures and the blank stare became a pretty common (laughs) part of the the process, I guess. I I just don't think people are... um, I don't think um, Australian mainstream publishers are looking for this sort of content at the moment. They're a bit scared of genre still. I think film and TV are definitely getting there. But uh, Australian publishing is looking for different things, I guess. Uh, But, you know, that being said... It's getting a great response when people actually do read it, so that's that's very much encouraging, you know, to keep going.
0: And it's amazing how you can reach a point in your life, like you're saying that you you found out you were having your daughter, and it's like this is the time to do it. <laughs> you know, stop. In my case, it was stop pussyfooting around. You've always wanted to be a writer. When are you going to do it? You have. You just yes. Need take the plunge um so can you tell me when was the first time you've had something published like that initial i'm going to be a writer let's submit something what was that experience like
1: um i i so i I studied illustration at university Mm -hmm. so i i came up drawing comics and had stuff published when i was at university uh there's a range of stuff like uh van halen graphic novel i did uh 21 years ago now which is pretty scary uh in terms of like the written I've, i've sort of moved into journalism in my sort of seven or eight years ago so i was being published fairly regularly as a commentator i guess for the uniting church's Newspaper? You were
0: being a bit of a rebel rouser there.
1: A little bit of uh, yeah, I was the uh, controversy magnet, yeah. Uh, But that was sort of when my discipline, I guess, kicked in in terms of like finding my actual voice and not being sort of beholden to sort of what I thought I needed to sound like. Mm. And confidence sort of grew from having a really good editor who was, you know, on my case about, you know, sentences not being more than 27 words long. And really getting conscious of editing and, you know, rhythm and getting your narrative down properly. So, yeah, once I started to see stuff in print a lot, that was when I was like, yeah, this needs to happen. Uh, it's very exciting.
0: Now, you've also developed some music to go along with the Home brewed Vampire Bullets. Do you want to tell me a bit about how that came about?
1: My good friend John Shawk is a... He has been doing uh, a lot of ambient music. He's, he's based in Seattle, and I've had a few different musicians associated with the project, but uh, musicians are probably flakier than writers in many aspects. So the ideas around some of those things sort of fell to the wayside, but John came on board about three or four months ago, and he just really nailed it. He's got like a John Carpenter, the, the, the director and composer, He's got that that sort of feel to his uh, work. He's really intuitive when it comes to approaching the the sections of the book and reinterpreting them sonically. Uh, It's really, really great stuff, and I'm really excited by it. And you can check that out at halfmajesty.bandcamp.com. And essentially the concept is that you trigger QR codes uh, throughout the book, and you'll get a soundtrack to go along with the the section. And uh, he's done a great job.
0: And now this um, is a series of three novellas, so you've got more coming. And will they will that have music for each uh, one in the series?
1: Yes, I've just sent the next uh, volume to John and he's currently going through it and working out what, what he wants to achieve with it. Because now we've sort of set up this process, uh, he can get a bit more wild with it. Because we're sort of chasing chasing our tails a bit in the first for this one, but um, now we're looking at sort of expanding it and potentially like making the pieces a lot longer and more immersive.
0: And now the the actual novel is set in Brisbane. Do you want to tell me a bit about? Just give me a quick pitch on what the story is about.
1: Well, it's, there are there are scenes set in Brisbane and around um, Queensland. I wrote the majority of the manuscript uh when we were living in Shepparton uh, okay. and so we're currently yeah w- watching Shepparton and hoping that no one gets too affected by the floods there because it's mm. pretty scary at the moment but yeah the idea was that this sort of this narrative sort of covered my upbringing in terms of regional Australia sort of driving around a lot so yeah we do sort of venture into sort of northern New South Wales, up through Brisbane and sort of out into the gem fields and things like that as the story progresses. And that's sort of lucky because now when you pitch us, uh, pitch a concept to Screen Queensland, they definitely want to know that there's some scene set <laughs> in the state. So we got there,
0: yeah. Are you inspired a bit by Mad Max? Is that, am I right in assuming that?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Ausploitation Films, are a big part of my uh, youth, uh, grew up, you know, out in Broken Hill where Mad Max was filmed and all that sort of stuff was very much lore growing up. I mm-hmm. uh, saw a lot of, you know, there's, there's still the skid marks out there from where they filmed the scene on the Monday Mundy Plains. Nearly 40 years later, you can That's still see that. Exciting.
0: <laughs> I only just recently re-watched Mad Max and was, as an adult, just thought the scenery was stunning. I was like, oh, this is a really a big star of the show. <laughs> it's
1: huge. I mean, I went out there uh easter 2021 and a lot of that stuff now has been fenced off you can't get access to it Oh,
0: that's a
1: shame but um yeah definitely the there's the stevens creek where uh max meets uh bruce spencer's character like there's some yeah it's just stunning iconic landscape and it's it's almost the same to, to this day um but yeah they're just not letting you near it now and there's a there's a museum out there too now that uh stocks uh memorabilia from the films And they're setting up a basically like a tourist experience where you can go and like stay in uh, the gasoline
0: town from Mad Max, too. Amazing. So we should all be planning road trips. Well, no one can
1: fly, you can't fly anywhere anymore. So, yeah, may as well do a road trip.
0: (laughs) Now, in terms of, you mentioned that when you submitted the story originally, you felt that um, Americans may not understand some of the language have you um revised the language to to fit into the american market
1: if if anything i think i've just softened some of the more you know some some people keep saying transgressive i guess it's just you know trying to sort of toe the line in terms of some of the language more so Mm -hmm. i haven't changed that much and like you know there's a pretty good american following now who seem to understand what's going on yep and um yeah, they, they haven't, you know, they don't need, like, a cliff notes or anything. They seem to be able to follow it, so that's cool.
0: I think, too, I kind of feel like we should be celebrating that uniqueness. Like, there's, when you watch a film and you see that little bit of Australianism, and it's like, yes! we. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing it and going, yep, that's something that only Australia has, and now the world can see it.
1: Absolutely. Like, I think, you know, a lot of this is sort of born out of the sense of having a cultural cringe around some of the, you know, our sort of raw aspects. And, you know, we're not celebrating bad behaviour, but it's certainly, like, interesting to just, like, you know, delve into, like, some of those myths and sort of blow them up a bit, but also just sort of go, you know, that they're foundational in a lot lot of senses.
0: Now, what what genre would you call your work?
1: I call it mongrel punk which I guess sort of, I don't want to call it gonzo because gonzo journalists and gonzo writers have, you know, got a pretty checkered history when it comes to their personal behaviour. So, yeah, it's getting compared a a fair bit to sort of Hunter S. Thompson and Charles Bikowski and people like that, which I can, I've read and enjoy. And, you know, Hunter S. Thompson's book Better Than Sex, which was his um, Bill Clinton book. Is a big influence in terms of marrying graphics with text, yeah. like I've I've done. But like, yeah, um, yeah, by, yeah. I think mongrel punk sort of works in the sense that it sort of sets itself outside of uh, that gonzo concept because it is still, you know, fairly literary. Mm. Uh, I think. <laughs>
0: and how conscious when you're writing are you of breaking boundaries in terms of if you're writing something, do you ever go, oh, that's maybe a bit too far or let's rein that in?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, as I said, like I definitely have gone back and sort of cleaned it up to an extent, uh, which I think is just, you know, a it was written at the end of a really turbulent time and there was probably a lot of stuff that needed to be just sort of watered down a bit because it was pretty aggressive. Yep. But I think it, at the end of the day, like yeah, it, it's still pretty true to itself, but I just don't. And I mean, in in, in terms of the cultural times, you know, having started it sort of in 2015, a lot's changed, and some of the some of the work just really didn't ring true to me when I went back to finally, you know, do the 12th, 13th edit.
0: Mm. And and how much of an appetite do you think there is for your style of work out in the publishing market? <laughs>
1: That's a very good question. Um, I'm not entirely sure right now. Uh, I think I'm getting... I'm very gratified to see the reviews starting to come in via Goodreads mainly because that's the uh, non-Amazon platform I've chosen to go with. Um, You know, everyone, people who are reading it are getting it and there's like a fairly even gender split, which is also uh, something I was concerned about. But obviously it may not have been something worth worrying about too much um yeah and people are getting it and i'm yeah i'm excited by that
0: that's that's great because that, that's really what you want and i know sometimes it can be hard to get through sort of the gatekeepers to get to your audience um yes. and i guess that's uh, developing your own imprint has helped you with that yes yep and now you've got Other work called cheaper skips would you like to tell me about that yeah sure
1: that was a uh, collection of work I essentially that just happened while we were locked down yeah uh, that was a collection that sort of happened during just pre-COVID and then into COVID Uh, wasn't necessarily about the pandemic but I guess it is entirely about the pandemic Mm -hmm. in a lot of senses Yeah, it was just trying to like stay on the game while in the middle of, you know, trying to raise a two-year-old at that point and get through the week and have something to show for it. It was also a test case for sort of how to market Homebrewed and, you know, sort of just get a run-up on the best ways to approach marketing it online without a budget. Yeah.
0: Mm. That's the biggest issue I've found even with marketing – a podcast. I'm like, oh, I don't have any money. How do I make this happen? <laughs> and who wants to to listen? Like, you want to develop your own voice and be heard, and then but then you've got that little voice going. Who wants to listen to you anyway? <laughs> so,
1: yeah. How how did you go about it?
0: Um Mainly, I I started just sharing on Facebook and um, just telling everybody like a broken record. Oh, have you heard? To my yep. podcast would you like to take a listen and reaching out to other authors to invite them on as guests and that has been the biggest support is that cohort that you have around you of your writing community there's they start cheering you on mm. and that yeah has been a big help
1: um, do, you, do you find that writers don't necessarily self promote as much as they should
0: I think that we're an interesting breed. We want to share a message, but we don't want to be famous. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, we, we are a bit, uh, a little. All of us are a little bit shy to share our work and say, "Hey, I'm here." Um, and and I find that myself as well. That I'm st- I'm still learning how to toot my own horn, I guess. Um, but um, yeah, it's just. A when so of when like,
1: I turned up to the writers' group with a pile of books, I was probably a little bit too uh, gung ho, I guess.
0: No, I was excited to walk <laughs> home with a, a gift, that I took showed my husband. I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Um, <laughs> and just to give some the listeners some insight, Garth has a little pack that has the novella and a sticker and a little um, bottle cap as well. It's super cool. cool. Um,
1: We've run out. They've almost run out. Oh,
0: in demand. That's great. They're all gone. (laughs) But I've been doing the same. I have a a bookmark that I got made up and a little postcard. Um, And originally I kept forgetting to put them in my bag and I'd meet someone (laughs) and go, oh, no. But I've I've got a little pack in my bag now and I give them out to people. Um, But, yeah, it is very um, difficult to self-promote. When yourself are facing, I guess.
1: Yeah, you. Yeah there's, yeah, there's a level of stepping off and just deciding to push your own stuff, regardless, isn't it? Isn't it? Um,
0: but I have been talking to uh, like the the authors that I see that are getting notice are people that they're they're writing blog posts and submitting stuff to. Um, media outlets like writing articles that are related yep. to what their work is about and yeah just working with all those media outlets to get yourself in people's faces I guess Yeah. Um, but it can be exhausting and it's, it is hard work so I'm that's why I kind of did the podcast is because I'm really about championing the people Absolutely, that yeah. are mm-hmm. coming up, up and coming and also celebrating those people that have come before us as well because there must be so many of us just sitting at home going, oh, when when will I do it? Is the time now? And I sort of go, yes, the time is now. The
1: um, time is absolutely now, yeah. Uh, don't wait until you're, you know, pregnant or whatever. Uh, just, uh, yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. Just do it.
0: Um, and I think if you keep, it's the same with everything. You're like, oh, I'll do this when, when everything is ready. And the thing is, life never lets you be ready for
1: it. <laughs> You've got to generate your own momentum and just, yeah, begin the begin the process immediately even if it's just taking notes and observing stuff but yeah you can't really wait around for it
0: and um, now I've got a few questions for you Garth that are just about you as an author um, sure. can I ask you what was your favorite book growing up
1: growing up um, as a, I read Stephen King's it when I think I was 11 which is probably not the best age to read it. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it was my favourite, uh, but yeah, I was like a big Stephen King kid uh, from sort of the start of high school, I guess, to yeah, pretty much leaving and going to university. That was pretty much exclusively exclusively what I read. So, I reckon it's Pet Cemetery.
0: Yeah.
1: Just in terms of like just utter bleakness which i don't necessarily go for as a genre but like just a just a you know really terrifying insight into being a parent
0: (laughs) and everything
1: that entails
0: so i might get an interesting answer to this next question then um if you could be any book character who would it be
1: book character um that's a really good one um Can we close the net a bit? Uh, is it, what sort of uh, what genres are we talking about?
0: Um, well, any genre you like? Are we we can genre? go with Stephen King. Is there anyone in, in his world uh, Randall, that you could be?
1: Randolph Flagg, then sure. Yep.
0: <laughs> what are you reading right yeah, Alexander,
1: now? Alexander Sarsgaard version, not the. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> I want to wear the double denim. <laughs> uh, what I you, yep.
0: Yeah. What have you got on your bedside table at the moment?
1: Uh, I'm reading a book by Melbourne socialist academic Jeff Sparrow, who writes uh, probably some of the better long-form things on left-wing politics in Australia. Uh, He writes for The Guardian occasionally, but, like, it's a collection of his essays from the last 20 or 30 years. Uh, I'm halfway through John Waters' book, Liar Mouth. Um, That's the filmmaker John Waters Mm -hmm. who made – yeah, uh, what do you do? Pink flamingos, all that sort of gear, but uh, it's not—it's not very good. Oh. Uh, the book's not very.
0: <laughs> so we won't recommend that to anyone. Uh,
1: it's getting, he's getting—he's—he's yeah, adapting it for to a film, but yeah, the book—not uh, a massive—not a massive fan. No, it's a bit banal. And also, my partner got me a book called Donut Economics for my birthday, which is about uh, economics for the twenty-first century. That won't destroy us all in the climate apocalypse.
0: Okay, that so, sounds like one I need as
1: well. Lots of grown-up reading, yeah.
0: And is uh, that what you tend to read usually, or is that just what's being uh, read at the moment?
1: I think that stuff starts happening when I'm getting ready to write and just formulating ideas. Like it becomes non-fiction, and I start taking notes on what's happening. So I've got three more volumes of Homebrew that I'm sort of ten thousand words into but i think a lot of the non fiction writing helps sort of get the ideas prepared
0: so for the you, do you read process. at all once you've started writing do you do do you read at the same not, time
1: not a lot i mean the yeah, the times the time time porness means yeah it's basically just write after hours or you know sneak it in whatever as you know uh, but yeah it's sort of we're in promotion phase i'm in editing phase of like, the other two volumes and then i think early next year it'll be writing phase for another seven or eight months and yeah the sort of the loop will continue okay but i did read stephen king's fairy tale on oh, i haven't got to yet. Yeah. <laughs> i need to it's what way, did you too, think? way too long it's it's good it's fine oh. yeah it's you yeah, know it's like 600 pages where it could be 450
0: so if you could invite five literary people to dinner, who would they be?
1: Um, I'm going to do a little plug for the uh, launch we're doing in two weeks. I'm going to invite Duvey Knox, who's going to be launching his project Soul Collector yep. uh, alongside Homebrewed on October the 30th Australian time. And you can get details of that uh, via my Twitter and Instagram and all the rest. We'll talk about that later. Yep. But um, who else? Uh, Mark Manning, who is the former Zodiac Mind Warp, who wrote a bunch of books with the guy from the KLF called Bill Drummond. Um, He's a big influence. Um, We'll go Clive Barker. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Not Stephen. He can stay home. (laughs) (laughs) I think it'd be pretty long-winded anyway. Um, I've got two left, yeah. Yep. Um, racking my brain, racking my brain. Um, ooh,
0: we... Or you can just have a small dinner and have more to eat.
1: Maybe, maybe yeah. I've just got,
0: <laughs> more just wine.
1: <laughs> hit a brick wall in my brain at the moment. Yeah.
0: Or if you have some local. Um,
1: oh sure, literary and everyone, you'd... everyone from the Brisbane Writers Group. Yeah. Can and that's the other two.
0: There we go. Yeah.
1: But we don't go to the coffee club. We go somewhere else.
0: <laughs> uh, I think that would be an awesome <laughs> night, actually. I think we should do a shout-out to, to Grant and say maybe we should have a dinner. Maybe um, a
1: dinner, yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so this Indeed one will be burning. is Indeed such is an burning. important question. Which Hogwarts house are you?
1: Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> the only one, I saw a badge somewhere. It was Gryffindor, probably. That's the only one I can remember at the moment.
0: (laughs) Gryffindor, that's okay. Um, Now, just a really simple question, maybe. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back to the beginning of your writing journey?
1: Uh, I found a bunch of notes from maybe 2007 that I'd written, uh, which, which was sort of like the beginning of thinking I might do this. And... Yeah, I think it would probably be get over yourself and just start. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, they were pretty pretty pretentious and they are pretty edge lordy and it was a pretty rough sort of... Yeah, it, it, it was all the stuff that you need to get out of your system before you actually find mm. what, how you actually want to communicate. So, yeah, I think it's get over yourself and just get on with it.
0: Just do it.
1: Yeah, just, just do it. it. Just do it.
0: So your launch is coming up October yep. 30th. Can you tell us the venue and where people can book if they'd like to come along and support you?
1: So, yeah, we are doing a combined virtual launch on Zoom, uh, which I know some people aren't huge fans of, but it's the easiest one to do this with. Uh, So myself and Duvet Knox are going to launch our projects uh, with the help of Queensland Writer Centre CEO uh, Laurie J. Ellis, and that'll be happening uh, midday Brisbane time, 1 p.m. Uh, for the rest of the East Coast mm-hmm. and the day before in the United States. And you can get those links from my Instagram or Twitter, which is at pass the Uh And, yeah, it's filling up already, which is pretty exciting. People are jumping on board.
0: Very cool. And um, if people would like to pre-order
1: you can just jump onto Uh I'm doing it all myself <laughs> uh, with a very uh, trenchant no to Amazon. So, yeah, there's there's uh, uh, limited edition copies of the book are still available. There's a few yep. I can get out there. Uh, and then the standard edition and the digital version will go up uh, on the day it launches.
0: Amazing. And so, really, I just want to wrap up with what, what's in the works for you moving forward like you've got the um the series of three novellas is there anything else that you'll, you'll be able to um, so, Yeah, we're share with us
1: essentially uh we're on a th- quarterly schedule with these. so the next uh volume two will come out at the end of january and the next one will just be b- before easter and then i will be writing the next three and probably come back in 2025 with those
0: so it was uh, spoilt with six books in total. Six books, yes. Amazing. we
1: we'll have six. Um, I've got the outlines and about uh, a fifth of the next one's done. But, yeah, just I uh, need to get back and actually write the rest of them. And we'll be, yeah, and then we'll see if we collect those and <laughs> try something different.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for um, spending some time with me today and, and sharing about. Um, Homebrewed Vampire Bullets It's very exciting Um, I will share with my listeners um, All the links to be able to pre-order And to jump onto the launch as well Um, Thank you so much, Garth
1: Thank you, Kai Cheers Writing stories for children Can seem like a very simple task But there is a skill involved In bringing memorable characters And their worlds to life Anyone can write a picture book But not everyone can write a picture book That becomes a child's favourite bedtime story The best children's picture books fire up their imaginations, evoke emotion and stay within their memories forever. Authors Online was created to provide aspiring authors the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to become a published children's book author. Our extensive industry knowledge will be shared with you and provide you with the basic principles behind writing for children, picture book publishing guidelines, and updates on the current market and publishing environment. And as a special offer for Totally Lit listeners, if you go to authorsonline.com.au, you can apply the discount code of LIT20, that's lit two zero.
0: To access discount content at authorsonline.com.au oh, Isn't Garth amazing? He has very kindly given us a copy of Homebrewed Vampire Bull- Bullets Volume 1 to give away. Um, if you'd like to enter and, and win, please email me at totallylitpodcast at gmail.com to go into the draw. Totally Lit is an independent podcast. You can help support us to continue to chat with wonderful Australian creatives by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing our socials with your friends. You can also make a contribution at www.buymeacoffee.com backslash totallylit. This will also help with equipment and podcasting platform fees. I love to interact with our listeners so feel free to say hello either by email or on social media. You can email me at podcast at totallylitpodcast gmail.com or you can find me on facebook insta linkedin and twitter i've also recently created a group on facebook called totally lit writing community it's a space to continue the conversation and share your writing successes events launches and latest projects jump into the group and say hello thank you for listening to totally lit and don't forget to go out into the world to read write create ignite